It's the Experience Franklin County, Indiana podcast, May 25th, 2022. So sit back, settle in, and join us as we experience Franklin County, Indiana. It's time for our fun facts of the week. You know, music is such an important part of our culture, of our heritage here in Franklin County. All kinds of music, all styles of music. But perhaps we're most closely associated with folk and bluegrass type music. And that's what our fun facts are about today, about the banjo. Well, fun fact number one, the banjo actually is a West African instrument, not an American instrument as many of us think. The word comes from, well, two possibilities. The Oxford Dictionary says the word banjo comes from a Portuguese word, bandore, which is a 16th century plucked musical instrument that has a head covered with goat skin. However, the Cambridge History of American Music suggests the English word comes from a Bantu word called banza. That certainly makes sense to me. The first written description of the banjo dates back to 1687, and it's a journal entry by Sir Hans Sloan, who was an English physician visiting Jamaica. He saw West African slaves playing an instrument that looked just like a banjo. The first commercial manufacturer of the banjo was William Booker. In 1945, he moved to Baltimore from Germany and started to sell custom banjos in his shop. He standardized the wooden frame rim and introduced a bracket system, calling it the screw head banjo, and that's the way most banjos are still manufactured today. Well, banjos are popular in all kinds of music, from folk to rock to jazz. Did you know there have been entire symphonies written about the banjo? And as a matter of fact, did you know there is a banjo orchestra? Joe Raposo, he's a composer that created most of the music for the famous TV show Sesame Street. He assembled a collection of different instruments and built a 70-piece banjo orchestra to record some of his original music. Banjos come in several styles, five-string, four-string, and more. The Roaring Twenties and the Jazz Age made the four-string banjo a real hot ticket among the community. The craze didn't last for too long, and unfortunately around the 1940s, the four-string banjo was replaced by the guitar. However, the four-string or tenor banjo is making a great resurgence these days, and you can occasionally see it played around Franklin County, Indiana. Well, there are a lot of different ways to play a banjo. The banjo holds a whole universe of amazing sounds, and they can differ depending on the way someone plays an instrument. Well, the traditional way of playing is when players pick the strings in an upward motion with their fingers and a downward motion with their thumb. There's another old-timey style called claw hammer, also called frailing, that takes advantage mostly of downpicking with the backs of your fingernails. Well, although it's mostly associated with American folk music, the banjo really knows no borders. Banjo music can't be squeezed into tight frames of just one genre. It covers many popular styles, and you can hear banjo music playing on rock, folk, jazz, rhythm and blues, and yes, even classical music. There you have it, a few fun facts this week about the banjo. Well, welcome back. We are here with Leanna Rao today. I'm so excited to talk with Leanna. Leanna, how are you this afternoon? I'm great, thanks. Leanna, you're with the Special Olympics. So tell us, first of all, what exactly are the Special Olympics? Yes, Special Olympics is a sports organization that uh, uses the power of sport as a catalyst for social change, working to end discrimination, just to empower those with intellectual disabilities. Um, This organization allows them to reach their fullest potential 
on and off the playing field. Awesome. Well, well, tell us a little bit about what what led you to Special Olympics. Was there a life event? Was there something that said, this is something I need to be involved with? Well, two of my children have autism. And when we moved to Franklin County, um, we were new to this community. And we were searching for something that would help connect us to the community, but also understand what we're going through as a family with those with disabilities. And Special Olympics became our community and our family here in Franklin County. And but it just didn't take those with disabilities in our family. It took it they embraced the entire family in more ways than just learning um, the sport or competing. It provided our family with a sense of belonging, outreach, um, advocacy and support. And um, you know, we started out as the youngest um, athletes in the program and now here we are, you know, young adults. So um I really, uh, I feel strongly and very passionate about this org. So you mentioned advocacy, and that's a really important thing. And I think sometimes in smaller towns and smaller counties, that that's hard to come by. Would you agree with that? That maybe you don't find find the advocacy that you might find in a huge, in a big city. Uh, Is there anything particular as far as advocacy that you feel like Special Olympics does. I think one would probably be it gives the athletes a some real self confidence. Would you say that Special Olympics does that? Yes, that you know, it not it also include inclusion. It feels like you belong, um, and not just. Um, the athlete, but the family. Sometimes as families, we kind of feel like we're out there on our own and Special Olympics kind of brings everybody together and says, no, you're not alone. You know, you're part of our family. Let's do this. Well, that is awesome. I love that. So what is your specific role in the Special Olympics? So I am the uh, Special Olympic County Coordinator for Franklin County. Uh, due the, to the pandemic, Franklin County did not practice or compete for over two years. And we are so excited to be back. Um, you know, we've had to start all over kind of from scratch, um, new coaches, new volunteers, and um, I'm helped building back our administration for this org. Um, so many counties did not return after the pandemic, and I am so, so glad to say that Franklin County is not one of those, and we're coming back. Oh, that is awesome, and I understand from a previous discussion that even though it's Franklin County uh, Special Olympics, if there is an adjacent county that perhaps does not have a Special Olympics program, they can come and join you. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, we welcome Rush County, Fayette County, any of the counties locally that can um, get to us um, that maybe do not have a program going on. Please join us. We welcome you all. You know, we're just so happy to be back. Very good. And what, what kind of a what kind of program? I mean, what kind of events uh, will, would we find in Special Olympics? Well, since it's been a while since we've been moving, we're going <laughs> to kind of take a slow back into uh, to the programming. So this summer we are targeting a toning and walking program to get everyone moving again um at the end of the summer and into fall we will be training and competing in the eks fall game now um eks games is it's an honor of our uh, special olympic founder eunice kennedy shriver so this will uh include sports like volleyball cornhole and bowling those are the three that we're targeting to return back with and um, we also plan on competing in winter games 
and the winner of 2023 at Perfect North. Oh, very good. So is Special Olympics open to all ages? Is there an age limit? There is an age limit. Special Olympics athletes are uh, those who are eight years old or older um, and who have an intellectual disability. Uh, There is no upper age limit. And in fact, about a third of our athletes are uh, 22 or older. So athletes will need to have a registration completed. And you can do that at the Indiana Special Olympics um, website. Or you can check out our um, Facebook page at Franklin County um, Special Olympics. They will also need a position to complete out the medical form for them. Okay. And I will put links to those in the show notes so folks can just click on them. So no upper age limit. Is this a largely or completely volunteer-run organization? Yes, it is all volunteer, which has been huge. Oh, I'll bet. So so what kind of volunteers do you need? We are always accepting, um, especially now to get this going back, volunteers, coaches. Um, We are also in need of unified athletes. And those are uh, neurotypical athletes that would enjoy competing alongside our Special Olympic athletes and be part of our team. To qualify, especially for the EKS games, we have to have so many unified athletes. So we're uh, looking for you. So so you said a term that I'm not familiar with, neurotypical. What does that mean? Uh, So typically when we're talking about disabilities, you hear non-neurotypical, but this what we're looking for is someone um, that is, quote, unquote, more the normal um, non-disability world. Okay. All right. Very good. And they compete alongside with with the uh, dis- dis- disability athletes, correct? Yes. Yes. And what they'll find is, um, you know, you we learn from each other and um, it's just as rewarding for our athletes as it is for the unified athletes. That sounds like a lot of fun. So you do need volunteers. Um, would they sign up uh, with you directly? Would they go to the Indiana Special Olympics uh, website or how would they do that? Yes, they can either contact me directly. I will send them a link to have all the registration right to their um, messenger sites or they can go to um, Special Olympics Indiana. It is all on their website, um, the, you know, how to register, how to be a coach. Um, all the information is on there and also on our um, Facebook page. Okay, very good. I hadn't really thought about this question, but how is Special Olympics funded? Do you know that off the top of your head? It is all by donations. So to go to um, these games, the athlete does not have to pay for any piece of that um, to, to compete. So it takes a lot of donations throughout the state and, and nation and globally um, to make this happen. If you are unable to to volunteer, time restraints, or just unable to be a coach, please consider donating um, to this cause. It's 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 well worth it. And again, there probably are links on the website where folks can go in and donate. And can they, Absolutely. do you know, can they specify which county they may want the funds to go to? Yes. Yes, they can. So you could donate to Franklin County and have all the money stay for our local athletes. Yep. It'll stay right here in the county. As a volunteer working with differently abled individuals, what's the most rewarding thing for you? I feel like like, like I said before, you know, just, you know, you go in there thinking that you are going to help someone um, have a more meaningful life with disabilities. However, what I find is that they, it's the opposite. It, it actually makes you and your life so much better and so more fulfilled. 
You know, I just think that it's just at the heart and soul of these athletes. It just does your body so much good. And it just makes you feel so good to be part of this organization. Very good. So you're going to start training in June, toning and conditioning, getting ready for the fall games. And uh, I will put links how folks can contact you. Special Olympics of Franklin County, Leanna Rao with us today. Leanna, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you. And I'm Rick Garrett with Franklin County Tourism. Let's get back to the podcast. It's time for our upcoming events today, the 25th. It is Community Garden Day. We'll meet at the East Whitewater Trailhead, 10 a.m., weather permitting. Starting Thursday, May 26th and going all weekend, it's Go Green Metamora, sponsored by Metamora's Creative Arts and Education Center. Thursday, the 26th, it's Euchre Night at 3rd Place in Brookville. Friday the 27th, we have live music at 3rd Place in Brookville featuring the Doug Hart Band. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 27th, 28th, and 29th, is the Metamora Chainsaw Invitational. There will be chainsaw carving all around town. Friday the 27th, it's Acoustic Final Friday at the Metamora Opry Barn. Come play a few songs with us or just sit and listen. Food will be available for purchase, and that's provided by the Metamora Lions Club. All weekend, it's the Off-Road Jamboree at Haspen Acres. And Sunday the 29th, we'll wrap up the weekend with the Adult Pour Painting Class that's at Metamora's Creative Arts and Education Center. As always, you can check our website, franklincountyin.com events, for updates on any of these or any new events that may be added.